You are listening to the Remotepreneurs Podcast. Here, you'll learn how to adapt to a new future of doing business remotely by listening to interviews with the new breed of entrepreneurs called Remotepreneurs. Now, welcome your host, a remotepreneur that came from the factories to building multiple location independent incomes all remotely, Philip Bill Stankowski. Welcome to the Remotepreneurs Podcast. This is Philip Stankowski and you're listening to another episode of Remotepreneurs. Today's episode is quite interesting. We are going to discuss with Tyler Walter how he managed to build a location-independent income using the vehicle known as network marketing. Now, Before you stop listening and start thinking it's a pyramid scheme, it's an MLM or somebody scam you from Amway or some other company, let me tell you a story. I am from that industry myself. If it wasn't network marketing, I would probably now be in the factory and still working for, well, 50 cents an hour. So there is a lot of benefit that you can hear from network marketing and quite interesting, the guest that we have on this episode, Tyler, he finished a civil engineer, he was working in a corporate job and then he got tired. He just simply saw that that wasn't the way he would like his life to go. And after failing multiple attempts just to create some kind of business for himself, in 2016, he found network marketing He committed, he saw it as a real business, and now, after two, three years, he managed to build a location-independent income. Now he's traveling the the world with his girlfriend, Zoe. And after that, I think, Tyler, you can can take it off (laughs) with with your story. Amazing. Thank you, Philip. Excited to be here and excited to to share with the remote entrepreneurs out there in the world. I think it's such a cool movement, and we're so blessed to live in a day when it's even possible. You know, if we were 50 to hundred years ago, we wouldn't even be able to, to do this kind of lifestyle, which is just amazing. And uh, so great to connect with someone like Philip, who's sharing, you know, so many great stories out there and I've enjoyed listening to other episodes of this podcast. But yeah, you know, my, my story is, um, you know, not, not too unique amongst, amongst many people in the U S I think a lot of, a lot of people that are millennial generation, at least in the U S um, are, are kind of, you know, funneled into this mold that they need to, do really good in high school so that they can go to a really good college and they need to do really good in college and get really good grades so that they can get a really good job. And they need to do good at that job so that they get promotion and then the next promotion and the next promotion. It's really just this endless cycle of um, working for somebody else, building somebody else's dream so that you can get that incremental increase in pay or that incremental increase in your, your cool sounding title. And um, you know, what, what I love about my generation is, is we're kind of breaking that mold and we're realizing that that's not really what life's about. Um, you know, the, the happiest people don't have the best titles or, or even the highest uh, salary. The happiest people are the people that get to spend their days doing what they want on a day-to-day basis. And for many young people, that's traveling and that's experiencing the world and that's seeing what's out there. And that, that's definitely, you know, the case for me. When I, when I was start, when even as, a youngest, as young as I can remember, I, I always wanted to have, have a lifestyle where I could, I could travel and be my own boss. I told everybody that. But as I went through the system, and I, again, I don't know, Philip, what, what it's like in, in Europe, but I know in the U.S., like the school system really beats that, that dream and that creativity out of you. It really, uh, you know, is, is designed to create workers, you know, factory workers, really. Our system's yeah. very outdated. They built this public education system during the age of factories, and the idea was to train people that when the bell sounds, you get up and go, <laughs> and you listen to your supervisor, and, you know, you do what you're told. And, um, you know, that, that beats the creativity out of you. And it did for me, by the time I finished high school and started college, I just accepted my fate as working in, in corporate America and working in a corporate job for 40 years, because that's what everybody else was doing. And, um, you know, I was good at math and science. So I got a degree in engineering, not because I wanted to be an engineer, not because I really liked that line of work, just because that's what the standardized test told me I was good at. And, you know, as college went on, looking back, I knew what I was doing wasn't right for my life. I knew I wasn't in alignment because I didn't understand what like anxiety was, but looking back, I was having anxiety. I was really dreading graduating because I knew that what was coming was, was not exciting. I was dreading what the next 40 years looked like. And, um, you know, I, I didn't see any light at the end of the tunnel. I didn't know 
I didn't know that there was any, any way out of that. I just figured, okay, I'll work really hard and I'll save really good. And maybe if I save and invest, maybe I can retire like 20 years early, but that was like the best case scenario. That was really just the way I thought, which is crazy now that what I know, but what really changed everything for me. And it's funny, you know, those of you that aren't watching the video and are listening, there's a book behind Philip, the four hour work week by Tim (laughs) Ferriss. And that book totally changed my life. And I'm sure Philip would say the same thing. And I, there was, there was a night in college when I was like most, most college kids in the, in the U S I was spending my, my time doing just enough to get good enough grades and, and partying too hard on the weekends to do anything else with my life. And for whatever reason, one night, um, instead of going out with my friends to the bar or doing something stupid, I stumbled into the library and I never went to the library when I was in college ever. And I grabbed that book off the shelf because it, it caught my eye. And, and that book totally changed my perception of the world. It, it opened me up to the idea of remote, remote work. It opened me up to the idea of entrepreneurship and building something for myself online. And, uh, that was, that was really the start for me. Wow. Nice. Nice. So Tim Ferriss and four hour work week just click something in, in your mind. It did. I mean, the way he, the way he writes and the way he yeah. talks really connects with me. And I think a lot of people feel that way. He's a, he's a genius, but, but I really, really connected with his message that, you know, he talks a lot, especially in the beginning of that book. If you haven't read it, please read it. Um, he talks a lot in the beginning of that book about how most people just accept that as fate. Like I was that, that, that the goal, the destination is retirement. And the goal is to, to work for 40 years and then enjoy the last 20 years. And he talks about how insane that is because, you know, when we're young and healthy and vibrant and we have passions and dreams, that's the time to go explore and do things and try things. It's not, there's no sense in waiting until it's, you know, it's too late to do that. So that, that, that thought process changed everything for me. And that's really what started me in, in dreaming again and thinking that I could be my own boss. And that's what started me looking into different vehicles and trying different things. Yeah, you had to basically unlearn what the society, your parents and everybody taught you. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, for for myself, I come from ex-socialism, like ex-communism. It wasn't bad like a USSR, I must admit. But the mindset was everybody was factory worker. You should be do you should do what you are told. Business that's risky only crooks can uh, succeed, uh, politicians, only they can get rich, stuff like that. So that's why my initial job was uh, starting from a factory myself, like 50 cents an hour. That That's how much I was paid. But after the first paycheck, I just realized that, I mean, if I continue that road, I'll be just like with these people here. Not that I have anything wrong with them. My, my parents were from the factory, so I understand mm-hmm. that. But I didn't want to have that life. And I had to find a way out. So my way out was in sales offline. And after that, I, I basically bankrupt. I didn't have any money. I had to find a way out. I didn't want to go to factory, obviously. So I found remote work as a freelancer. I just used my uh, sales skills that I developed previously. And after that, I just built my freelance career. Then I'm, I'm top rated on two platforms and I'm not coming back. The book, Amazing. yeah, the book didn't change my perception about remote work because I didn't have a chance to create a corporate job in 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 Macedonia or in Europe. Nobody gave me that chance. Right. Although I have a low low degree, by the way, so I just created my own my my own system. And the mm-hmm. book, uh, Tim Ferriss' book, showed me that you can use outsourcing. You don't have to do everything yourself. You can travel and create an autopilot income. So that's the something that clicked. And also the 2080 rules. I, mean, I know it's not his, it's Pareto rules, but that uh, st- made me aware that although I might be working 12 hours a day, it doesn't mean that I'm productive. So it's a different perception, definitely a strong book. And I advise for, for everybody to read it. Yeah, I think it's like, it's like the Bible of, of yeah. remote workers. I mean, every time I go back to it, I learned something new. Like you're yeah. saying, like the first time I didn't even have any concept of outsourcing, I had nothing to outsource. But now I go back and read that. I'm like, oh, it makes a lot of sense. You know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, okay, you got a civil engineer degree. You started a corporate job in some company. And how, how what was the first impression like after the degree and actually starting with a, with a job? Yeah. So, so my first, my first impression actually became before I even got my degree, I had uh, a couple internships where I got to go work as an engineer, 
I just could, didn't, didn't have my stamp of approval to be totally professional yet. Okay. And basically I was doing exactly what I was going to do once I graduated. And I remember I was excited about the job. They were going to pay me, I think like $12 an hour, which as a college kid in the U S that was awesome. You know, I was used to making like $6 an hour. So I was like, this is exciting. I'm going to get to do cool work. Um, I'm going to get to go design roads and all kinds of cool stuff and build a city. And, you know, I got there and the first day I'm pretty sure someone gave me like a stack of spreadsheets and had highlights on the numbers I needed to change and said like, go change these. So I was like, just going in and plugging in numbers, you know? <laughs> and like the, the second day, somebody gave me their drawings that had a bunch of red lines on them and said, go fix these, these, these red lines. And that's what my, my summer looked like. And I could tell, you know, that, that they were just giving me enough work to, to fill my plate. There was days when I would sit there with literally nothing to do and I'd just be twiddling my thumbs and they would just find something for me to do. Um, and I was like, okay, maybe I'm just an, an intern. You know, maybe, maybe it's just because I'm an intern, it'll get better. I did my second year with them as a more, you know, full-time employee, same story. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I graduate and I start a, a full-time job with a different company. And it's, it's the same story. And I'm just like, every day I'm sitting there, I feel like, you know, for some reason, there's this eight to five construct where you have to be at the office eight to five whether or not you're getting your work done at noon or not, you just beat you're there and you fill your time. And I've always been a really motivated person. I've always been someone who, when I, when I want to get something done, I want to get it done. Now I don't like to drag things out. Um, you know, just, just like, just like doing this podcast, Philip asked me if I would do this. And I was like, yes, let's do it in the next, you know, 48 hours. We schedule the time we did. That's just the way I am. And that job was like, I was, there was no reward for doing that. If I worked harder, faster than the guy next to me, I was still going to get paid what I was going to get paid. Um, and it, you know, it, there wasn't a reward for me for working any harder. I was just kind of a cog in the machine. And, you know, it's funny when Philip, when you talk about, you know, you're coming from, from a, from an ex communism, you know, area where everybody's working in the factory, there's, there's so many differences in our cultures, but there's so many similarities. And that's yeah. one thing I learned traveling around the world. I mean, everywhere is the same and that's, and, and that's the, you know, what, what's the same, what's the principle for me is that most people um, would rather not think for themselves and they'd rather just be a cog in a wheel. And maybe in your country, that's a factory job. In my country, it's still a factory job. We just get to sit at a desk and, and, you know, act like we're smart, even though it's, we're still just a cog in the wheel. And I was just a cog in the wheel. And I, I hated that feeling. I really hated the feeling of, uh, that I wasn't making much of a difference on a day-to-day -day basis. I was just kind of there playing my role and, you know, getting my paycheck and they were paying me really well, especially my first full-time job, you know, great money, great benefits. I wasn't even out to work that hard. You know, I really was there from eight to five and I didn't have to take my home work home with me. And most people thought I was crazy that I wasn't happy with that. But, you know, I just, I just wasn't at all. There was so much more I wanted to do with my life than sit at that desk all day. So it's not everybody about money, right? It's not, it's not, you know, money, money is just a vehicle to do more of what you want in your life. And, and for me, that's travel and experience the world and, and do the things I want to do. For some people that might be, you know, buying nice cars or it might be, you know, going to great events, whatever it is for you, it's just a vehicle though. It's money's not the answer. What you do with it is what's going to bring you happiness. Yeah. True, true, true. You, you should, as uh, Jesse Isler, I don't know if, if you follow him, yeah, uh, build your great. life resume. I mean, build your yeah. memories. So definitely it's, yeah. it's worth it. And for me personally, most of the things that matter to me and creates a memory is, is for free usually. Exactly. It doesn't exactly. I mean, a lot of money. Yeah. And Tim Ferriss talks about that in the book too. Another reason to read the book. He talks about how people think that their ideal life is so expensive and it's so far away. And it's, it's not, he talks about, if you guys ever seen the movie wall street with Charlie Sheen, he talks about Charlie Sheen talks about how he's going to work on wall street so hard and work 90 hour weeks and kill himself so that someday he can you know buy a motorcycle and ride across China. And Tim Ferriss is like, I could do that right now for $200, you know, yeah. <laughs> and that, that, that's, that's so true. You know, I, I used to think that traveling the world, you know, all the time with, with my girlfriend would be some fantasy. And in fact, it's, it's probably cheaper than it would be for me to get an apartment in New York city and, and live there, you know, and, and, and have a car there. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, the things in life that bring you the most happiness usually are not as far away as you think. Yeah, true. When you were about to travel and you mentioned that uh, about travel expenses, have you ever been in, in Chiang Mai in Thailand? That's like a hub. For, I have, I have no. not. That's somewhere I really want to get to. I, I actually just took my first trip to Asia. I got to spend a month in Taiwan, which was amazing. Um, it's very cheap there as well. The only thing that's not cheap was housing. Uh, housing mm -hmm. pretty normal price, I think. But the food, I mean, was insanely cheap. And I'm, I've heard Thailand is even you know crazy uh, inexpensive, which I'm excited to go visit. Yeah, yeah. I, I was this year in uh, in Chiang Mai, 
And I can tell you that the housing, it's, I think, like two to three hundred dollars a month in a, in a good apartment. Amazing. The food is couple dollars street food and that's Amazing. a good food if you want to go to restaurants like five bucks or something five bucks plus i mean it's mm-hmm. cheaper to live there and work remotely than pay i don't know two thousand three thousand dollars in miami or new york i don't know how much it costs but probably that's the that's the range yeah. right doesn't make yeah, sense you're right. yeah okay so how did you discover network marketing did you experience any rock bottom that forced you to quit corporate job because i know my for myself you need to have really strong will and that's usually not the case usually what makes you change your life is the day that turns your life around like jim ron says yeah so what happened yeah there's the, yeah so so i think that's that's so true you know that the, the only thing that i found that determines whether or not someone's going to be successful or not in the network marketing industry is, is their hunger um i've seen people that have very little knowledge, very little skills succeed because they're so hungry. And I've seen people with, you know, PhDs and all kinds of background and sales and all kinds of things that fail because they're not hungry. And yeah, it's so important. And the only way you find that hunger is, is by having a really strong motivator, a really strong why. And for me, I, I had, I had kind of two, I don't know if rock bottom is the right word. I've, I've always had, you know, a, a great life. I have parents that gave me a great upbringing and, and you know, I was never so rock bottom. I had two moments for me that, that were my rock bottom. Some people listening might think, oh, you know, woe is me, but I don't, I don't need any pity. But for me, there were big turning points in my life. And the first one was, um, I actually played American football in college. I was, I was an athlete and I was on the varsity football team. And, um, that, that was always a real passion of mine. And that was kind of how I hid from the fact that I was dreading graduation. I was just like enjoying myself playing football, competing. And Oh, by the way, I'm in school for engineering, but, but Oh, well, you know, football was my identity. And, um, my, my junior th- season, my third season, I had a really bad knee injury that, mm-hmm. that ended my career and, and put me on the couch for six months. And, wow. um, you know, it was a long recovery process and a good soul searching time because not only did I lose kind of my identity, I also lost a huge time commitment. So I went from being busy from sunup to sundown, not having all these hours to myself on a couch to think about life. And that's when I started to think about some of these things. And, and for me, you know, it, it was, it was a great wake up call and it was rough first couple of months. I mean, like I felt sorry for myself. You know, I, 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 I think it's, you know, wimpy for a man to cry. I, I shed tears. You know, I, I felt, I felt sorry for myself. I, I lost a lot and I, I was upset and, uh, you know, it just wasn't in a good place mentally, mentally or physically at that time. And around that time, I also, you know, lost my grandfather who, who was very close to me and, those two things that happened at the same time were, were very tough and very challenging, but they were complete turning points in my life because the knee injury made me realize that, that I was destined for more than just being a college football player. And it gave me time to actually think about my future and, and losing my grandfather made me realize that life's short and, and there's no reason to you know waste time living somebody else's dream. So that, that was my first wake up call. And that's what led me to getting into reading and entrepreneurship. And that's what actually led me to discovering network marketing for the first time. And you know, I went, basically I was actually introduced to network marketing by my mother. Most people are introduced by a family member or a friend or, um, some people, at least, at least in the U S and, you know, strangely enough, I was introduced by my mom. She asked me to come to a big, exciting conference, which I'm sure Philip, you know, all about, and, and yeah. it, was, it was a great time. And I saw the vision of what was possible, you know, and I was really excited about it. And, um, I had already tried and failed a few other little side hustles to try to build something for myself. And this one made a lot of sense to me. It was in the health and nutrition and fitness related industry, which I'm an athlete. I love that. Um, and, and I love the idea of the company. I love the vision. I love that there were young people doing it and doing it online. Um, I was like, it just made a lot of sense to me. And I was at a time in my life where I really needed something. You know, I was having anxiety about graduation. I was doing a lot of soul searching. I knew I didn't want to work corporate. It just, it just made a lot of sense to me. So I got started and, you know, I had some initial success. I made like 500 USD my first month, which is, which is pretty great for, for someone getting started. I mean, most people, um, t- it takes a little bit to, to, to get something coming. I was excited. I mean, I was only 22 years old at the time. I was like $500. Like I'm not even gonna have to work this corporate job at all. And, uh, you know, my second month, I don't think I made a single sale. I think I was like zero income in my third month for whatever reason, I made excuses and didn't do anything. And I actually quit after three months. Um, I quit on myself. I basically gave up and, uh, you know, thought I'll figure something else out. That was like my third failure at that point. I was like, I'll, I'll figure something else out. Um, and, and just a few months after I'd kind of quit on myself, I never let my account go with the company. I stayed active. I was still making maybe a hundred dollars a month here and there, um, residual. 
which is an amazing part of network marketing, by the way. I stopped working for a little bit and I was still making a little bit of income. But after a few months after quitting, I had my second kind of my, my, my low point moment. And that was when, um, as a civil engineer, if you're not familiar with that term, what you do is you design infrastructure for cities. You, you design roads, sewers, water lines, water treatment plants, all the infrastructure to help a city operate. And on one really hot summer day, my boss asked me to go check out a sewer we were going to redesign in a city in the state I'm from. And I drove like two hours out in the middle of nowhere to this little city and and uh, got there and, and met with their people. And, and we had to go, you know, inspect the sewer. And my boss who had come along with me or my superior who had come along with me, you know, asked me to put this suit on, hands me a flashlight and says, get in there and check it out. And here I am with, with a college degree, you know, what I think is a good paying job. And I'm out on a hot summer day, knee deep in human species in a sewer, <laughs> lo- looking, looking at the condition of this thing. I'm like, you have got to be kidding. You know, it, it's a funny story now, but at the time I was like, oh, my, I was so mad about being there. And that day, it's funny that you mentioned Jim Rohn, because that day I had a two hour drive home that night, late at night after doing that, that part of day's work. And I was thinking, you know, I didn't, I didn't go to school and and get this degree for this and be out here on this. I was like, I I need something. And for whatever reason that day, I, I found Jim Rohn's building your network marketing business audio. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard that one or not, it's about an hour long and you know, he's incredible for any entrepreneur to listen to his stuff. But if you're in network marketing, that one is so good. And I still had in the back of my mind, this network marketing thing. And I listened to that audio and it just rejuvenated me. And I'd never looked back from that day. I mean, that was my motivator. And, and, you know, within a year from that day, I was able to replace my income and leave my job. And, um, that moment and that audio, I think were the big turning points for me. Yeah, definitely. I can agree here with you. Uh, when I was in rock bottom five years ago, I started listening to Jim Rohn challenge to succeed. Probably you listened to it. Probably. I don't know at least hundred times. And every day I was like walking around, listening to it, walking around, listening. The way he explained it in simple words, usually uh, quoting the Bible stories, I mean, made so much sense and developed a confidence to me that I can change my life. And for things to change, you have to change. So that things that get better, you have to get better. Yeah, it's a great quote. Don't wish it was easy. Wish you were better. I mean, yep. So don't wish for less problems, list for more skills. Yeah, exactly. So I started yeah. developing my remote skills and after five years, I mean, where I was and where I am now, it's like totally different. And most of the, of the guidance was by Jim Rohn, although I was just listening to him, but he, he helped a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of your best mentors are people you never meet, you know, at least for me, like yeah. some of my best have been Tim Ferriss and, and Jim Rohn and Less brown of people I'll I'll never meet, and and they've impacted my life so so deeply, and that's why you know doing stuff like this, Philip, is, is amazing. You never know whose stuff like this is going to impact, and that's why I, I do what I do. You never know who you might be able to you know change their life for, and and uh, you know there's so many people out there looking for it. Yeah, definitely. So just curious, what do you think it's the biggest difference? Three months you quit on network marketing, you listen to Jim Rohn, and then after one year, everything changed. Like what happened? Like what's the critical skill or mindset that you have to have to succeed in anything in life? It's the universal principles. It doesn't have to be network marketing. Yeah, it's, it's just attitude. And I, I know that if you, if you haven't experienced anything in entrepreneurship yet, you, you hear that and you think it's crazy. I know I did. Like people used to tell me all the time, I'd say, what do I need to learn? What do I need to do? They'd say, just work on your mindset, just work on your psychology, work on yourself. And you'd be like, yeah, that sounds great, blah, 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 you know, sounds good. But what's the actual script I need to say? What's the social media post I need to do? Like, you know, you want the, the one seeker, the one tip. And, it, and it's, it's just, it's funny because that's not what does it. There's so many people out there, even in just my space, even in people in the network marketing space, there's 20 million different ways to do it and succeed. My way might not work for you and, and Philip's way to make remote work might not work for you. But what everyone that's successful has in common is, is the way they think. It's their philosophies. And that's what Jim Rohn says. It's your philosophy of life. You know, that, that's what matters. And um, that's what changed me. I, from that day, I, I started listening to those people that were saying those things. You know, my mom, who was my upline sponsor, who told me to get in my, my, my nose in books and, and listen to things. You know, other people I met in the business. Um, you know, said, go to the seminars, go to the events, get the audios, read the books. I just really, really committed to that on on a whole other level. And 
I, I connected with people that were on the same journey as me. That's such an important part of your mindset is to surround yourself with not only people that are on the same level than you, but people are also that are, are ahead of you. If you look at your, you know, one of Jim Rohn's most favorite, famous quotes that everybody knows is you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And if you look at those five people, I, you know, the way I want to audit my life, I want those five people. I want at least two of them to be better than me and further ahead. I want at least two of them to be on the same journey than me. And I want one of them to be learning from me. And if you can, if you can commit to personal growth, commit to reading, commit to listening to podcasts, whether it's this one or Tim Ferriss or any of them and commit to reading books. And you can also surround yourself with a circle of five like that. It will literally change everything for you because when you're, when you know, when, when your mindset change, what's, what has that quote go? When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And it's so true. If you can work on your mindset, if you can change the way you look at things, the things that you look at will actually change. And what, what that means is if you can switch from being a, a problem focused person or a negative focused person to a solution and a positive focused person, every time you see something, you'll see a solution. You'll see an opportunity instead of seeing, you know, a roadblock. So in, in network marketing, like any business, there's roadblocks. And in network marketing, that looks like negativity from, from people around you. It looks like rejection from the people that you're trying to sell or recruit. It looks like, um, you know, recruiting a team of people and it's going really well and then they quit on you and you lose half your income. There, there's a lot of roadblocks. If you have a poor mindset, you look at that and you say, yeah, everybody was right. This isn't for me. Or, or you look at it and say, you know, I should probably go back to my job or I should probably you know, give up on this dream. It's, it's not right. And you listen to, to the negativity. But if you change the way you think, the things you, if you change what, the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And when that happens, then you think, okay, you know, my team quit. Great. That's an opportunity for me to go find new people who are even better than the ones I just had. And it just totally changes everything for you. So of course, over the course of that year, I learned a ton of skills. I still am every day. I grow my skills. I'm getting better at marketing, at sales, at promoting myself, at leadership, all those things. So important. But the only thing that really matters at the end of the day is your mindset. Yeah, yeah, true, true. I mean, that's like your engine. That's that's the control center. If you give wrong controls or wrong commands, you'll end up in a ditch or exactly. Yeah, yeah, a there's crash. A, yeah. That's, that's a great analogy. You know, it's like a, getting in the car and having the GPS. You could have the best car in the world, yeah. the best engine, the best fuel, all that, but you're not going to get where you want to go if your GPS is off. You know, so it's just it's so important. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. I come from network marketing as well, from that industry, but I was selling life insurance. You must meet people old school, you know, in person, presentation on paper. And I was selling intangible product. I mean, a service, life insurance. You cannot sell it on the internet. I'm just curious how you managed to, to build a network marketing industry from remotely. I mean, I didn't expect that. Yeah, absolutely. So... You know, I think a, a big thing, and I, I, you know, I have a course that I, and I teach on how to build a network marketing business in a remote way. And in that course, I talk a lot about, uh, you know, finding the right company and the right product to promote because that that's so important. And there's plenty of companies that that sell insurance and financial services, and they're very successful. But if you're looking for remote lifestyle and it's something on your own terms, that that's really not going to cut it. You got to show up to an office. You got to do meetings, as Mike, like Philip said, um, you know when it comes to looking for a product that you can build a remote lifestyle with, I, I teach the formula E plus C equals R, which is emotional plus consumable equals residual. So if you want residual income, you need a product that is emotional and consumable. What that means is you need something that people are consuming and using on a daily basis. That way they keep reordering it, which leaves residual income, but also emotional. Um, that, that gives people an emotional tie so that they keep coming back and buying your, your tangible product. Um, you know, if, if I'm selling, you know, a protein shake, they can buy that anywhere. I mean, they can go to, you know, any kind of retailer, they can go to Amazon, they can go to any other network marketer. They're going to, they're going to buy from me because it's emotional, it's consumable, and they're going to buy, you know, because of me. And that's the other piece is, is building a personal brand for yourself. And that, that's mm -hmm. really, you know, how I've done it. Now I, I still use some of the old school methods, especially in the beginning. That's mostly what I was, what I was taught. Uh, it wasn't until later I discovered people were out there doing this online using remote methods. Um, so I did, you know, the traditional networking, doing home meetings, doing hotel meetings. And I still do that from time to time. Um, but the great thing about, you know, network marketing is you do that. You, you, you can focus that work into like a month when you're, you know, in the town or the city you want to be in. And you can get paid residually on that work for the next few months while you're traveling. Right. Um, but, but while you're out traveling, 
you can still, you know, be selling your product, recruiting new members and, and doing that. And you do that, um, you know, using a personal brand, at, at least in my experience. So I, I've, uh, you know, gotten very into branding myself on social media, specifically Instagram and, um, using that platform, I focus on educating and inspiring people and, and building a brand for myself. And, and then some of those people might want to work with me. Um, and you know, I'm not branding my company. I'm not out there posting my products every day or posting about my opportunity because people don't get on social media to buy. They get on there to, to be entertained or educated or inspired. So that, that's what I do. And, and from there, I start a lot of conversations. And that's really what network marketing is, the business of conversation. If you have enough conversations with people, there'll be a small percentage of those people that can benefit from what you have to offer. And if you have enough conversations with those people, you'll actually be able to enroll, enroll some of them. So, you know, I'm just in the business of conversations and I've used social media as a great platform to do that, to, to have those conversations. And then, you know, amazing technologies like Zoom that Philip and I are talking on right now allow me to conduct business from anywhere. So if I have a prospect who you know, wants to get healthier with my, with my products, I can hop on zoom and talk through their goals and what they need. And if I have someone who's looking for an opportunity to make a thousand dollars a month online, or maybe quit their job and go full time, I can connect with them, you know, on zoom, I can send them videos that explain and do the presenting for me. And, you know, we have a very structured system in place as how we do that. Um, so that we have, um, as, as least touch necessary as possible. There's always going to be a necessity for, for human touch. Um, but, but we, we've eliminated a lot of that thanks to technology. So back when Jim Rohn, if you don't know, Jim Rohn actually got his start in network marketing as well. When he was doing it, there was only one way to do it. And that was have a Rolodex, which most of us don't even know what that is, but it's a thing full of phone numbers, yeah. <laughs> call people, invite them to a hotel meeting and, and present. That was the only way. And if that was the case, I don't think I'd be in network marketing. Um, but, but, you know, technology and social media has allowed me to do it from anywhere. And, and I love that aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely see, see your point here. When I was in network marketing, it was pretty much I was doing cold call, door to door, and I had to personally talk with, with people and schedule appointments. I mean, back then, I mean, it was like seven years ago, but Zoom calls or stuff like that did, w w weren't popular. Maybe Skype was on, but right. you cannot sell life insurance over Skype, believe right. me. So, right. yeah, yeah. I, I see your point and definitely... Here is a tip that I didn't know in network marketing. The point is not you personally to sell it. Just give them third-party tools and that is going to, to sell it. If you tell the story and you start, usually people start convincing you, people will not buy. But if you give them a source, some third-party source, a website, video, text or whatever, that, that will start to, to change their mindset and will, they will be open. Right? Exactly. That's yeah, something it's, that it's, I was uh, missing. Yeah, it, it's it, you really want to take yourself out of the equation as much as you can and, and let the tools do the talking because in today's day and age, people want to do most of their purchasing decisions without talking to someone. People, yeah. Most people feel uncomfortable when they're, when they're talking to a salesman. They'd rather just do everything online. So I view myself as an educator. And if someone's ready, I help them open an account. So they ask me a question. Great. Here's the video. I, I get on the phone. I talk about their goals. They have a few more questions. Here's a few more videos. Here's a website link. They want to start. Okay, great. Let's hop on the phone. I'll help you with your, your flavor preferences and I'll help you get your account open, you know? And that's, that's, I think, uh, the key to having, I mean, Tim Ferriss talks about that too. If you want a remote work business, you got to remove yourself from it as much as possible. And, uh, and not only does that give you more free time, but I think it builds a more successful business in network marketing too, because what we haven't got into yet exactly how it works, but the key is, allowing other people to believe that they can do what you do too. And the, and the more of an expert you try to make yourself and the more uh, important part of the process you are, the less people think they can do what you do. And I want everybody to, who, who is looking for remote work that thinks network marketing can be for them. I want everybody to think they can do what I do. And everybody can start conversations, send a video and connect someone on a phone call. Everybody can do that. So so that, that's the key of, of the system is taking yourself out of it as much as possible. And yeah, using third-party tools, like you said. Yeah, okay. You, you were right. We, we, we thought that everybody in the audience think what's network marketing because we were both involved. Can you right. explain in your terms what's network marketing and why, why it's so valuable to you, like a business perspective? Absolutely. So a, a great analogy that I love to use uh, with network marketing is, is is the car industry. So if you think about when you go buy a car, um, let's say you're going to buy a Mercedes. 
um, and and you want you want them you got the car picked out that you want, you're going to go to not the Mercedes manufacturer or the factory and buy that car, right? You're going to go to a dealership, and what that dealership is is that's an independent business person who has a bunch of salespeople on his team, and together that team sells a product for the manufacturer. You get the car from the dealership, and the manufacturer pays the dealership a commission for the, for the car they sold. They get a percentage of it, right? So that, that's exactly what network marketing is, really. It's, it's you're the middleman between a manufacturer and the end consumer, and you're not just selling by yourself. You're also you know, managing and leading a team of salespeople because that's where true leverage comes in. Um, if you want money while you sleep, so to speak, which is really a crappy term because it's very hard to achieve. But, but if you want semi-passive income, you need leverage. You either need to leverage your own money and have your money work for you by investing it, or you need other people's efforts. I would rather have 1% of 100 people's efforts than 100% of my own efforts, right? That means I have freedom. So in network marketing, just like car dealership, you, you have a team of people that you're leading and influencing and teaching and training and helping them distribute product with you. And you're getting paid a commission on your entire network. So if you're partnered with, with, a, with a good company, in my opinion, there's going to be no cap on, on, on how many levels you're going to get paid on. You're, they're going to look at your entire network, how much product is Tyler or Philip responsible for distributing this month, and you're going to get paid a commission on it. So for me, you know, at this, this stage in the game, I have about 2,000 members in my downline who order my product every month. And I've personally sponsored about 100 people to build a network of 2,000. How is that possible? Because you know, out of those 100, maybe half of them went out and shared with, with four or five people to make some extra money and get their products for free. And then maybe you know, 20 of those people make an extra $1,000 a month and want to make some side hustle income online. Maybe it's one of their income streams to help them live remote lifestyle. And then out of those 100 people, maybe five of them use it like I use it, use it as a true business. And regardless of their intentions, those people have shared with people who have shared with people who have shared with people. And that 100 has duplicated into 2,000, which, which allows me to live the lifestyle I live and you know, impact 2,000 people, which I personally would not have been capable of in the last few years without the help of others. You know, I, I know that I've helped play a, a role in someone's life, 2,000 people, help them get healthier, or help them you know, achieve some of their goals. And that would have been very hard for me to do on my own, but I've been able to do that with the leverage of others. So um, that, that's kind of my, my summary of, of what network marketing is. I really think it's a lot like a car dealership. I think it's a great analogy to explain it. Okay, so, so before we confuse uh, people with car analogy, the car dealership should pay, they are paying salary to the salespeople plus commission, right? What's the case with yeah. network marketing? Do you yeah, pay good, your good, people? Yeah, it's, it's a good, uh, that's a very good uh, distinction. So, so that, that would be the difference. Um, you know, we're not, everyone, it's a volunteer army. There, there's nobody, nobody's uh, signed a contract. Nobody's making a salary. It's 100% commission. You're getting paid on how much product you're selling. They, the companies will typically pay you a high commission for the product that you personally sell and a low commission for the product that your team sells. So you might make 25 to 50% on the product that you personally sell, and you might make 5 to 10% on the product your team sells. And that, that is where the, the income comes from, is from the commission of product being sold. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so in short, at the end, if nothing is sold, nobody gets money, right? Exactly, exactly. And that's the Back to what Philip said at the beginning, you know, most people when they hear that term MLM or network marketing, they're like pyramid scheme, not for me. And that that's the distinction is, um, you know, it's it's they're they're often confused because um, there's there a there's been some bad apples who have given it a bad name, and and b there's just a lot of misinformation out there and people don't really understand because it's a somewhat new business model compared to most. I mean, it's like 50 years old compared to most, which are hundreds of years old. So there's not a lot of education out yeah. there, but a pyramid scheme is something that's illegal because people are getting paid for recruiting others into a system where they're just giving money in hopes to make money and nobody's actually buying anything. There's no service or product being provided. It's just, it's, it's a house of cards that's eventually going to fall apart. And there, and there's been some famous ones If anybody that's in the U S has heard of Bernie Madoff. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was very popular. You know, he's, you know, known for that, but, but at the end of the day to be legal, um, you have to be, you know, earning money strictly from product commissions. And also one, another distinction is if you have a network of 2000 people like myself, 80% of the people in that network need to be customers of the product and customers alone, not earning commissions. And that's another big distinction. Um, so if, if you're looking at things and you're trying to figure out what's legit and what's not, that's what you want to look for. Are you getting paid for product sales? And are the majority of people involved just for customers? If that's the case, um, it's a totally legal enterprise. It's a great business model. Um, it, it is very regulated by governments. People think it's like 
I, I, what I'm always confused by when people say that is if it's a legal scam, why is, you know, for instance, my company, why has it been around for 20 years and why am I still doing this? Like, wouldn't the government have come and got us by now? You know, it, it's, it yeah. is regulated. Government will um, shut people down who aren't doing good business practices. So, and, and those are, those are the two main ones you got to look for as far as ethical business practices, customers, and, and, uh, and the majority of it income coming from product sales. Yeah. Yeah. De definitely. I mean, some of the network marketing companies, or, or at least they claim to, they might be a bad companies, but that should be on, on your terms. I mean, just educate yourself and ask, ask those questions. Like, am I selling and making money out of real product that we sold? And how old is the company? If it's like 10, 20 years, probably by now they will be closed. Yeah, I think most you know most people when they get involved, they're they're. I think there's like a there was a survey done at some point that asked like who introduced you. The majority of people were introduced by a friend, coworker, or family member. That's that's like very typical. And think of any other business, you're you're not usually gonna like join up your your family member for for a business, right? You're gonna go look for an opportunity that's yeah. good for you, and you're gonna take an educated look at it. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and like, you've never heard of it for the first time, or you know, a little bit about it, you're thinking about it. Don't just like join the person right next to you just because you know them, right? You actually do your research and educate yourself on the industry and find a company that's doing business the right way. That's, that's, you know, established that has a good product that you can believe in. Um, you know, too many people, I think just join their friends because they want to you know do something cool with their friends and that, that's okay. If, if that's what you're looking for. But if you're looking to make a legitimate business out of it, you really want to do your research and find a company that you can stick with for the long run. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're planning to, open, the point what I've seen in network marketing, what's wrong, it's expectation. People think that they will find two fools that is going to build their business downline. Yep. And they will get rich in, I don't know, 13 minutes and 15 seconds. I mean, that's the perception. If you get in the business like that, you'll definitely fail. I mean, you should treat it like a legitimate business. In the beginning, when I joined the network marketing company, when I came back from United States, I was just treating it like a, like a business. I mean, I didn't know anything about pyramid schemes, uh, People were telling me like, oh, just find two people. They will, I don't know, do something. And I was like, yeah, if it, it was that easy, everybody would do it, right? Doesn't make right. sense. Right. And then I created massive activity. And in the first month, I, I think I'd done like 2000 plus dollars and repeated a couple months after that and won multiple awards, etc. The people that, that, that they were looking for, the two people, the two fools, they quit it. In the, in the long it, right? term. Yeah. So it doesn't work like that. I mean, nothing, nothing. Uh, this is one of the things I think you have a podcast about network marketing and millennials. Yeah. I think the social media and the tools uh, made the wrong expectation to, to younger generation. Uh, nothing comes fast. It needs time. It needs sacrifice. It needs repetition to, in order to work. Yeah. And a great, a great person along the lines of Jim Rohn that has great material is, is John Maxwell. And he says everything worthwhile in life is uphill. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that's true. It, it, the reason we consider it worthwhile, the reason we consider it success is because not everybody gets there. You know, scarcity is value. The things that are most valuable are the things that the fewest people are doing. And why are there not that many people doing it? Because it's not that easy. Um, now, you know, we're, marketing a business opportunity. So oftentimes people can get over eager and try to make it look better than it is, make it look easier than it is. In my opinion, it is amazing. I'm biased. I think it's the best business model in the world. I think, you know, it gives anybody like me, a young guy with no skills, no knowledge and no money to invest the opportunity to actually build something for myself that can provide me this lifestyle. And, and, you know, a relatively short compared to time to compared to something. If I wanted to build a real estate empire, that might take me 20 years. Uh, but I could build this in a few years. Um, I'm biased. I think it's amazing, but, but I'm never going to give someone the perception that they can come in and do this quickly without working on themselves and just get lucky. You know, it, it, it literally never happens. Um, th th there's a, there's a very famous presentation, which Philip's kind of alluding to, which is two times, two times, two times, two. <laughs> if you find two people and they find two people and they find two people, if you double that, like 10, 10 generations down, you have like a downline of 10,000 people and you're making like $20,000 a month which would be amazing. Right. But yeah. it doesn't duplicate like that. Right. Like I, I've 
I've yet to see anybody, you know, make that. Even once you do find two that are exciting, there's a good chance one of them might leave you. You got to continue to work, continue to grow yourself. Uh, but but what what's amazing is you can eventually reach that that tipping point where where things can actually grow without you. And I and I haven't reached that yet, but I'm on my way. And I've seen people that have who they've really done the work over the course of years, sometimes decades, and they've built something that really is passive for themselves. And they have a huge organization that's growing without them actively recruiting or selling anymore. And that that's the goal. And that's where you want to get to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the basically we would like to build a business like like any regular business, just we don't have to pay salary. We need to motivate our organization to continue to buy the product because they mm -hmm. like, and yep. also to have our team or network to also do the same pretty much. It's, it's a simple process, it's duplication. So I'm interested, how do you actually grow your uh, team remotely what do you do how you stay motivated because everything as i mentioned when i was building my business everything was face to face i i tried right. webinar but it didn't work i mean skype usually people like to sit down and it's like a live presentation or seminar and you just talk about goals etc so how do you do right. it remotely and also be able to travel the the world i mean right so so i think there's 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 really Four, there's four things you have to do to build a network marketing business. You have to market, you have to prospect, you have to be a leader, and you have to um, promote and serve your customers and keep them on the products, like Philip said. So those four things, in a traditional sense, when Jim Rohn was doing it, looked like marketing would be um, putting up flyers, putting up newspaper ads, going out and meeting people on the street, knocking on doors, and, and getting a list of leads. That's marketing, right? Prospecting is inviting those people into a room and presenting your product to them or presenting your business opportunity to them. And leading, leading being a leader is once you have that team in place, then you got to lead them. You got to motivate them and inspire them and teach them how to do it so that they can go out and do it then, right? So in the old days, they used to have hotel meetings on Saturdays. You get together, you do business trainings, right? And then the last piece is promoting and customer support. So you want your customers who are using the products to stay on them. Back to that, that formula I said, emotional plus consumable equals residual. You can have a product that's emotional consumable, but if your customers don't keep consuming it, there's no residual. So you need to get your customers to, to stay on the product. And that, that, that doesn't just happen overnight. I mean, a good product will sell itself. People will continue to buy it, but you still have to stay that, keep that relationship with them, you know, support them, um, answer their questions, and promote when a new product comes out or there's a promotion or whatever. So those are the four pieces, and that's how you used to do it in the old day. Today, with technology, I can market using social media. I can, I can market myself, brand myself using social media, attract people, build a list of leads, start conversations like I mentioned earlier. I can prospect by having conversations with those leads. And um, when there's a solution that I can help them with, whether it's with my product or with my opportunity, I can invite them to take a look. Um, and I can send them the videos and do all those things I talked about. When it comes to leadership, once I have the team in place, I can use Zoom to do weekly meetings with my team. Instead of going to a hotel on Saturday morning, I can do it on Zoom on every Thursday night like we did. Or um, you know, when it comes to larger trainings, um, you know, we still will go in person. We'll have like a regional or a, or a national event. Like I'm going to a national company conference this weekend actually in the US. And of course, people still come in, in, in for, for that. Um, but for the most part, I can lead my team from, from anywhere. Um, I do want to have human touches with them. I still want to have relationships with my people. I want to get to know them. I want to help them. And it's important to be with them in person from time to time. But you know, what's great is I don't have to waste my time with someone who's not that serious. Oftentimes, a big frustration in network marketing is you recruit people who say they have big dreams, they're going to do big things, and they never show up to the meeting. They don't show up to the call. They don't do anything. And in the old, in the old school ways, you might be spending a lot of time with that person, meeting with them, and they're not, you know, they're not qualified to deserve your time. They're not really serious. They're just, they're, they're talking, but they're not doing the walk. When I'm building a team online, I can see who's showing up for weekly Zoom calls. I can see who's texting me day to day. Those are the people I'm going to go spend time with in person and help them build their teams. Those are the people I'm going to go get dinner with at the conference this weekend, right? So that's how you do leadership. And then, you know, product promotion and managing my customer base. That's what a lot of these people on this podcast, I'm sure, talk about using an email list to stay in touch with your customers, you know using Facebook groups, using those kind of things to stay in touch with people, let them know when there's promotions and, and incentives. So um, that's, I guess, hopefully answers your question. That's kind of how I use, uh, you know, technology to build it remotely. Yeah, okay. So, so, so you use technology for communication, you use social media for branding, 
private groups on social media just to keep in touch with with uh, clients, etc. I mean, it's totally different time. Back in the days, I had to do everything. And usually here, it's you need to go to a restaurant. We have, it's called Kafana, where you drink. Right. And you need to talk while you're drinking. And it's a bit difficult to scale gotcha. the system, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, that, that's, yeah, that was one of the biggest problems back in the day. It's hard to duplicate that. Not many people want to do that. You know, not many people want to go spend four hours on a weeknight after they get off their full-time job to go, you know, make sales in a coffee shop or, or, a, or whatever. But, uh, you know, that's, that's why I think that's why the industry has exploded so much in the last 15 years is because what, you know, the internet and what technology has allowed us to do as far as scaling. Yeah. So, so how how is it ex- accepted now in United States by by the people that you recruit and work? Yeah. So it's it's interesting. So I think um, for for so it's kind of gone through phases. When when it first started, Amway was the first company. Everybody's heard of it. They started in like 1950. They were from the U.S. They they founded the idea of network marketing, and they were the biggest. And back then, it was generally accepted. A cool idea. Everyone was, was you know was into it. And then like. In the 1980s and 90s, that companies started popping up like crazy, and some of them were had no business being in business. They were doing things unethically, and, and they gave the industry a really bad name. And that's that's where a lot of the negativity came from. Um, a lot of the, the negative stigma comes from from that era. Um, and then the government got involved and really cleaned things up, and, and it's and it's much better in the U.S. Um, and and you know early 2000s, it's really started to blow up. And in the last 20 years, I mean, it's exploded. It's, it's a $200 billion per year industry worldwide. Wow. Um, there's $200 billion a year of products and services being moved through a business model um, in network marketing worldwide. So it, it's exploded. But it's funny enough, um, I think in, in the last few years, it's almost it's almost uh, reversed a little bit in terms of perception because it, it became really uh, professionalized and accepted. But now there's so many people um, with social media that they have this megaphone to the world and now there's, again, we have the same problem. We have people that probably shouldn't be in business for themselves. They're probably shouldn't be using social media, blasting stuff everywhere, annoying people. Um, so that, that's a real mission of mine. That's why I started the podcast I did. It's, it's why I'm so passionate about educating people on this industry. I think it's an amazing business model. It's here to stay. It's going to continue to grow. But we need to do it in a way that is professional, um, that's not going to rub people the wrong way. And I, I think a big piece of that is just teaching people how, how to be professional, how to use their megaphone of social media to do it in a positive way. Um, so, so yeah, I think the perception has gone through phases. Um, and, and my goal is to see it, you know, continue to go on an upswing here in the future as we, as we educate the, the population on how to do it effectively. Yeah. I mean, same problem. It was here. Most of the people that were talking, they just were looking for shortcuts. They didn't want to educate themselves and they were just, you know, telling find two people that they will find two people, etc., and you'll be rich in yeah. three, three days. Well, that's one of the it, the biggest blessing and the biggest curse of network marketing is you can start a multiple six figure even seven figure business for yourself for a few hundred dollars. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. that's your investment. It's a blessing and a curse because someone like me, absolute blessing. I had no other option to start something for myself, and 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 I'm so grateful for what this business has done for me. And I wouldn't have been able to do it if it wasn't for a few hundred dollars. The curse is a few hundred dollars. You know, people that shouldn't be in business for themselves can get in business for themselves for a few hundred dollars and make a mess of things, you know? So, yeah. uh, it's, it's a blessing and a curse, something we have to live with though, because, uh, you know, that's one of the, the best things about it is, is low, low cost of investment. Yeah. Yeah. And you can make a, you can make a serious business if you treat it as a serious business. Absolutely. So, so how does it look? You're in Taiwan, your team is in, I don't know what, is it only United States or worldwide? Not sure of the company. So it's, it's it's starting to grow internationally. There's a there's a quote in network marketing. They say, uh, "Build local, grow global." Um, that's kind of what I've tried to follow. You know, it started a lot in. I'm, I'm from Ohio in the U.S., which is the middle part of the country, and most of my team started there because that's where my existing network was. That's where my existing followers online were from. Um, we have we have a good team there, um, but but it's starting to grow globally. We have we have people popping up in Europe. Um, actually, the reason I spent a month in Taiwan. Hey, I wanted to visit Asia, but also we have, you know, a business growing over there. So I was over there supporting our team and, you know, meeting with our corporate staff over there, our partner company over there. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's been a blast. And, you know, what, what I've tried to do as far as designing my life is, is a little bit of work and a little bit of play everywhere I go, you know? So I try to, uh, I never, I never take a true vacation where I just shut everything down for, for a long time. I don't think any true entrepreneur does. You're always yeah. plugged into what you're doing. It's a part of you and it's, it's an extension of you. 
Um, but, but I, I try to plan my trips around back to what I talked about as far as, uh, supporting my team in person, the people that, that deserve my time that I, I want to build relationships with, I'll go visit them. And that's part of my, my traveling lifestyle. You know, like I have friends in beautiful places all over the world who are also, you know, business partners and, I, and I'll go work with them and, and stay with them and, and travel and, uh, you know, use it as a great excuse to see the world while I'm at it. Okay. So you do offer like a mentoring, how people can enter probably somebody that is listening and considering what type of business they should start. I mean, my personal thing was, I'm a risk aversion. I don't like mm -hmm. to, to lose. I don't like to lose money. So network marketing was a great chance for me to start a business, some kind right. without investment, without, you know, accounting infrastructure and everything. You just need right. to pretty much market and sell. So if somebody is considering and likes to de develop a location independent income, probably you're the guy to, to listen because I don't know how to do that, at least for network marketing. How mm -hmm. can how can people find you? Do you offer some kind of coaching, like a consultation yeah, call or? Absolutely, absolutely. So what, what I can do is uh, I can actually get you a link to my kind of like application to, to talk and you can put it in the show notes if you'd like. And if, and if yeah. not, I'm also obviously on social media. My, my Instagram handle is at tyler.walter underscore. That's T-Y-L-E-R period W-A-L-T-E-R underscore. Um, I do a lot of communication on there. You can reach me there or also get fill up a link. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, uh, you know, my, my main focus in my business, I'm still extremely passionate about the product and I sell it consistently. Um, but my main focus is impacting people's lives with this business. I, I love men. I love the aspect of mentoring people in it. And, you know, whether you're a good fit for my company and my team or not, that's fine. I, I would love to, you know, like, like Philip said, consult with you and teach you what I've learned. There, there's many great companies out there. There's also many bad ones. And, and, um, you know, I think from my experience, I can help you kind of figure out what it is you're looking for. What's the right company and product for you to partner with. And, and uh, I, I even will, will coach and mentor people in other network marketing companies that aren't on my team. So, so yeah, I'm able to kind of help on all those fronts. Network marketing is kind of my niche and my passion and what I love to do. Yeah. Awesome. So guys, if you're curious at least to learn about the network marketing opportunity, his company or generally about network marketing, or I would be curious if I was in network marketing, how to build it actually remotely and create a location independent income, definitely hit Tyler. I'm going to put in the show notes a link that he mentioned and also his social media accounts. So it's easier to, to stay connected. Uh, believe me, uh, this is actually the first time I speak with Tyler. We, we just exchanged direct message on Instagram and I have around two or three years in network marketing. And I can tell you, he's the real thing. He will not tell you that find two people and you will get rich. If you're serious about learning this opportunity, connect with, with Tyler. Okay, guys. Absolutely. Thank Thank you so much, Philip, for the opportunity. It's been, been great getting to know you. I look, I look forward to staying in touch with you and as well as, uh, you know, your following. And I look forward to seeing you grow this podcast. You're doing great stuff here. Yeah, perfect. Thank you for the support, Tyler. Thank you for having the time to, to discuss it. And this topic is definitely something interesting that I didn't thought about it because I'm not involved five years now, but definitely worth it for people that are considering to do location independence. So last question, like where, where do you see yourself in five years with a, with a business? Good question. Good question. So, um, I, I love travel. I'm going to continue to do that for a while. Um, I'm 24 years old now coming on 25 here in a bit. So, um, you know, I, I do have dreams of, of having a family and, 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 uh, you know, that, that'll probably require me to settle down on my travel a little bit, but um, my goal is to always have this be a location independent business for me. Um, whether or not I'm traveling as much as I am, like, like just so you know, like for the last six months, I haven't even had a permanent residence. I actually need my girlfriend put our stuff in storage and I've been doing the, the true nomadic lifestyle, which has been amazing. And I love it. I love seeing the world, but five years from now, I would assume I probably have settled down somewhere at least for, for a little bit and, and maybe start that, that, uh, portion of life, but, but still building this business and, you know, impacting people with, with this vehicle. It gives, it gives me a vehicle to help someone, um, you know, start something entrepreneurial for themselves, maybe, uh, you know, create a lifestyle that they've always dreamed of like myself and get out of a job or a situation they weren't happy. And it also gives me a, a vehicle to talk about the things that, you know, you heard Philip and I talk a lot about on this call, which I'm so passionate about, like Jim Rohn and John Maxwell on personal growth. I mean, it's, it's just a platform for me to 
help people live a better life and, uh, you know, make that difference, which, which is what I was craving when I was working on that corporate job, hating it every day. You know, I wasn't making a difference. I didn't feel like I was. Um, so, so yeah, I'll keep doing this as long as I can imagine. Um, you know, I'm an entrepreneurial guy. I love getting my hands into all kinds of things, but this is, this is my main focus. I don't think that's going to change in five years. And, uh, yeah, just super excited to see how things go over the next five years and keep, keep growing it and keep making a difference. And, Hopefully keep seeing cool parts of the world. I'll have to come see you in Europe sometime, Philip. Yeah, definitely. Maybe probably you, you will see me in Asia or in America or some some someplace else. So Tyler, keep enjoying and traveling while you're in the 20s. And when you decide to start making babies and expanding your network <laughs> marketing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good tip right there for yeah. all you guys out there. Have babies. You have babies. That's how you make yeah, direct you direct work. sponsors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Amazing. Thank you so much, Phil. Appreciate yeah. the opportunity. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. As you remember, every Monday it's a new episode and you can follow me on social media at Remotepreneurs and also the website is Remotepreneurs.com. I, I basically have had Remotepreneurs for everything. So hit me up there. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tyler. Till the next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the podcast to be the first to hear new episodes. And if you feel that this episode provided you with value, we invite you to share this podcast with a friend that is trying to escape the matrix and create his or her own remote economy. Visit remotepreneurs.com and join the email list to receive this episode's show notes and a welcoming gift.